podcast i'm ashley and i'm justine <laughs> it's halloween happy halloween happy this halloween week. you don't know this but we're actually in costume for our podcast yeah <laughs> no that's a lie <laughs> it's a trick oh no oh but the rest of this podcast will be a treat yay oh the puns <laughs> it's magic <laughs> so every week on our show We watch a movie on Netflix, because who does not love Netflix? We are watching the romantic comedy genre from earliest film to the most recent. We are currently stuck in the 50s, and what are we watching today? Well, we're finally getting to 1953's How to Marry a Millionaire. Yes, we promised this, uh, like, a long time ago, I feel like. Yeah, it was supposed to be last episode, but now it's this episode, and... Um, you mentioned before that you've, you've already seen this yes. movie. When's the last time you watched it? Like, six years ago? Huh. Well, maybe you'll find something new. I've never seen it. It's an hour and 35 minutes, and here's the description. In this classic comedy, three New York models plan to use their looks, charm, and talent to catch and marry a trio of millionaires. Yep. Is that it? Yep. That's oh. totally the movie. That, the very accurate description. Good job, Netflix. Yay! It stars Marilyn Monroe, Betty Grable, and Lauren Bacall. Our first one where all of our leading stars are all women. Yay! There are no men. Look at that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Netflix, for finally giving us some lady love. Yay! Love the ladies. (laughs) Our director is Jean Negulesco. Sure, you're more French than me. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, I didn't Wikipedia it yet. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, and it's four stars on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Also, this was a 1954 Academy Award nominee for Best Costume Design in Color, and a 1955 BAFTAs nominee for Best Film. All right, you ready to watch it? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Okay. Okay, we're back. We're back. We just watched How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeesh. What should we talk all like this? Like Marilyn. Yeah. I like Marilyn. She was so cute. Yes. She's like me. If I didn't wear my glasses, I would just run, run into everything. <laughs> <laughs> should we start with the very long orchestral section at yep. the very beginning with yep. no credits? Yep. Okay, they start out with an orchestra. Seriously, it was just because this was the first thing that they ever filmed in CinemaScope. Yeah. It was like, look all the things we can show in widescreen. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I was just really bored. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. I didn't understand why they didn't put the credits with the orchestra. Yeah. Because it would have, like... Been a two for one. Yeah, it would have, like... Had a little, you would have seen the cool, like, expanse of CinemaScope, but then you also, it had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Or something. I know they did some New York B-roll introduction. I don't know. I don't know what was the deal with this orchestra. It had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it was just there. It was just there. We were obsessed with the dead plants. <laughs> I think, because what it felt like, at least from, like, what I was reading, is that, uh... The cinemascope, the way that they had to shoot the cinemascope was different than they'd had, they had to do with just a regular camera. Mm-hmm. So it felt more like a stage play. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were kind of trying to tie into, since that was the feeling that they had while filming, let's just throw this in because we can, we can kind of show off a little bit on what we can do with this new lens. That's what I'm saying. It is all about showing off. Yeah. It is It is that, but, like, also kind of tie it in as if it were the beginning of a play. Because, you know, the orchestra plays when you're, like, getting ready to, getting set and everything, and the curtain opens. I don't mind an orchestra. It was just very long. Yeah. It was very, very long. Okay. And then they did the credits, and then they did... Uh, New York B-roll, which felt very on the town. Yeah, because they were even singing New York, New York. Yeah, it was a different song, but it had the lyrics New York, New York. Yeah. So I liked that. I was like, it's New York again! Um, Yay! Hi, New York. Yeah, and it was good 
B-roll. It was different B-roll than what we've seen, but kind of of the same places, but it was really classy and nice. Yeah, like it was just kind of showing the the classy. It was New the York. upper crust midtown, you know. Yeah. Upper east side. Yeah. Or is it upper west side? I don't know. They're all uppers. All the upper people. Yeah. It's wherever um what's her face's character from the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Wherever she lives, that's where that's where it is. Not Kimmy, the rich lady that she works for. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's where it so is. I was like Kimmy lives like <laughs> with in a drug den. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Well, she lives in a closet. I love that show. <laughs> I had some problems with this movie with the characters like who just who they were so like i'm probably gonna get confused in explaining it sometimes oh no it's cool um the thing about this movie is is that the characters have very little depth Mm -hmm. you know what the three girls want but that's about it yeah okay so we start out in this uh fancy uh new york flat very very big fancy i mean like the kitchen was small but the living room was huge (laughs) yeah it was like here's a tiny little bedroom with a walk-in closet and then here's the little itty bitty baby kitchen but bam windows new york Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a loft that was a set yeah Yeah. it definitely was a set because there's no way in hell that that apartment would be a thousand dollars a month Maybe $1,000 a week, but mm-hmm. no way it was a three-bedroom apartment with a giant-ass living room and, bay, like, big, huge bay windows be $1,000 a, a month. All right, right. So we meet um, Lauren Bacall's character. Uh, her name is Shotzi. Yeah. Mrs. Shotzi Page. Yeah. Uh, the names in this were all, they've, they're weird. They're like, very weird. And they don't. I don't know. They just didn't say them a lot, or I don't. I can't explain like confusingness of this. Oh, uh, she's a model. Yes. They say she's twenty five, but I don't know how old is she was in real life. She looked like she was thirty. Yeah. I think Marilyn Monroe was the youngest Probably. out of the three. It would have. I think it has to be because it was Betty Gra- uh, Grable, and this was her last movie on her Fox contract. Oh. So Lauren Bacall's character Shotzi is meeting with the owner of this apartment, but the, well, actually the person who rents it, Mr. Denmark, he's not there for the meeting. So she gets there and very quickly signs a lease for this apartment gives them a check for $2,000 for the first and last month's rent and very quickly and hurriedly kicks him out of the apartment. Yes. Like, he goes to ask her questions and stuff, and he, and she's like, no, that's all. Yeah. Move along. So Get out of here. It, it's a little apparent she's up to something shady. Yes. Yeah. From that intro of her. Definitely. Um, so then she immediately gets on the phone and calls up Marilyn Monroe, because who doesn't... <laughs> who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's Marilyn. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn's character's name i thought was paula but it's spelled like pola yeah i don't i don't understand the character names because they're models <laughs> yeah but did we even ever learn what loco's real name is no okay just heard they everybody called her loco or whatever her last name was which i don't remember it was like miss hemingway or miss something I don't know. like that i don't know Marilyn shows up. Marilyn was my favorite. Marilyn was the best. Yes. Um, Marilyn actually had comedic timing. Yes. She was hilarious. She shows up and she, like, cannot see a thing. She's running into the wall when she gets out of the the elevator. And then she has to get super close to the doors to know what's going on. Yeah. Pretty much she doesn't want to wear her glasses around men. Yes. So, like, as soon as she comes in, um, Shotzi's like, there's no men in here, you can put your glasses on. So she does. But she has adorable glasses. No, they were cute. They were, like, horn-rimmed, um... They were cat-eye with diamonds on the top. Yeah! Yeah, they were uber cute. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd I'd wear them. Yeah. Those are banging glasses. I don't know what you're talking about, Marilyn. You just, you look adorable. She did. 
Um, so then they have a scheme. At this point, I'm like, what's happening? I don't know. It's like the the setup. They want to bring in a third person to the apartment to lower the rent. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, Marilyn calls up her friend Loco. Yeah, who she has to explain that her name is Loco because she's a little crazy. Which she wasn't. Not Well, she was a little, like, airheaded. Yeah. But... Not crazy. Not crazy. No. Yeah. Yeah, she was spoiled oh definitely spoiled but not crazy she's another she's another model that one's uh betty grable um they all i don't know are on the agency together what i didn't like actually they didn't have a lot of the modeling world they had one scene with them modeling and there were references to them well they never really seemed to be working and this is a problem that i had with it when i first watched it was they constantly would refer to the fact that they work really hard and are always working, mm-hmm. but yet they never were. Mm-hmm. It was always, they're at home. Oh, we need to, to figure this this plan out. I'm going to sit here at home when I should be working and, you know. Or Logo was out shopping. Yeah. Like, they would go and, it was, it was a lot of very stereotypical female things. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to work for... Or very too stereotypical gold digger. Yes. Well, actually, Loco shows up, but she has a guy with her. Tom Brookman. Yeah. He's carrying the grocery bags. Um, she said that she only had a quarter, forgot her money, and he paid for the groceries. And then they kick him out. Yeah. Like, what was... How did that... How... Shotzi was a bitch. Yeah. And but I, he liked it. Yeah. He really liked that. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, Tom, immediately, like, falls for Shotzi for, I don't know why he recognizes her or thinks she's hot, but she immediately kicks him out and is like, later, gas Bye. boy. I don't know why she was under the assumption that he was this horror, like, that he was this pauper. Because he didn't wear a tie. But that, I mean. <laughs> he had this sports jacket. He looked like James Dean. Yeah, I mean, but still, why would you automatically assume that, like, this is Because he was hanging out in the wrong grocery section. I don't know. I don't know. It was her wacky plan. Yeah, it was, she had this idea of what wealth was and what it, or what the lifestyle of having that And what the men looked like. Yeah, and she didn't really, I guess she just couldn't get it out of her head because it was constantly, she always would reference back to it, even when the other girls were, like, finding men that were legitimately well off, and mm-hmm. she was saying, no, 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 he can't, he can't be this because he does this, mm-hmm. and that doesn't, that doesn't ring true. I think she just was caught up in this image of herself. It just wasn't conveyed well enough just to be that. Just where did she get this yeah. image from, though? Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess, like, if you think of Rockefeller or something, that's, that's that were their goals. Yeah, but even then, they're still people. I mean, they're still gonna... There is some, Most of the time, these people aren't gonna be out shopping for groceries for themselves. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, And those that are are probably... In my, in my understanding of people, they might necessarily be a little bit more grounded and more accepting to having a conversation with somebody as opposed to somebody who has their groceries bought for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so Brockman leaves. But actually, we hang out with Brockman for a little bit, and we oh, actually yeah. see that he walks into a building with his name on it. He yeah. owns a building. So immediately the audience is clued in to like, oh no, this guy has money. Yeah, and she's totally, she's judging a book by its cover instead of getting to know the book. Right. So then we go back with the ladies and they're having brats and champagne on the roof terrace. Yeah, yeah it was like barbecue time with yeah. champagne. That's what I thought. I'm like, are they eating hot dogs with champagne? These are classy ladies. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind that. A little little mimosa with Ooh. with some hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Could find some vegan dogs for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be very nice. Mustard. We should get some champagne and mustard and brats. We should test this theory out. Yes. yes I agree. Okay, we've got a plan, guys. <laughs> Continue on, on, on the, the story. Roof. Yeah. All right. So they get down with the plan at this moment here. We're finally being let in on the plan. And... What's her name? Shotzi talks about 
divorced. Shotzi's been divorced. Shotzi's the heartbroken one. I don't know, the guy she married wasn't what he said he was. He was poor. Yeah, she, he was somebody who could probably talk his way into making people believe Mm -hmm. his position was higher than what it necessarily was. And she fell for it. The ironic thing is... That's what she's doing That's what she's doing. And she isn't necessarily... She still is in that whole manipulation kind of thing where she still has these beliefs that these people should look and act a certain way and when they don't, then they must not be wealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's still caught up in that idea, even though she was already duped. Yeah. You would think that she would learn instead of repeating the cycle. Right, yeah. I don't think it's a clear motivation for her. Yeah. Like, why she wants to do this. Why she wants to be wealthy. Yeah. It's just, she wants to buy things. Like, that was what the dream sequence I thought was all about, was she wanted to buy things. Yeah, her dream sequence, she was alone in it. With diamonds. Mm-hmm. And then in Paula's, or Paula, however I say, because they said Paula, I swear. Yeah, we'll call her Paula. Hers was about being gifted things, but being together with, being a partner with somebody. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Loco was just thinking about food, which I, I kind of really liked that. Because it's, it reminds me of the, the kind of stock characters of the chipmunks. Mm. and yes, the, and the chipettes. chipettes yes <laughs> that's ex- like that was like my first thing of these thinking- are the chipettes yeah because <laughs> you got the leader you got the one with glasses and you got the one that's always hungry yeah <laughs> which is the chipettes yes i was the one with the glasses jeanette <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't think i was any of the chipettes but... you were the hungry one <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll go with that i do enjoy my food Okay, so, um, well, Shotzi says marriage is the biggest thing you can do in life. For a woman at that time period, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is kind of the biggest thing that, that you can experience aside from child rearing, mm-hmm. but it is like... But she wanted the money, money, money. She wanted the money. She also, when she was standing next to that statue, because she has this grand speech, and then there's this, like, Greek mm-hmm. naked man statue... Uh, next to her and she like pauses for a second and looks in between his legs and then carries on i mean who wouldn't but it didn't have anything in between its legs well that's what's so surprising about it (laughs) it was just an awkward it was an awkward moment to have in between this weird marriage speech Mm -hmm. okay so the plan is to pick up rich guys yeah that's their master plan it's like they call it a bear trap Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a con to set up. And basically, it's a gold digger con, mm-hmm. is what I've come to find out. And that's, I felt a little disappointed that there was, like, so much set up for this grand plan. But it was pretty much came down to, okay, we're going to find rich guys and marry them. Yeah, there <laughs> was no, like, she had this grand speech, and then there was no payoff. Well, it wasn't even that there was no payoff. There was just no... She had no idea what she was doing. Mm-hmm. It was, these are the guys that you're supposed to look for. These are what, how they act. These are how they dress. These are where they'll be. But it had no... She didn't... She had no idea mm-hmm. where a rich person or anyone with wealth would really hang out. Yeah. So it just... It came off... It fell, like, incredibly short because she had this air of intelligence to her and it was just kind of disappointing what's also disappointing to me is that they really only enacted the plan once like they went for the first guys that came around yeah and i wanted to see more of this plan in action yeah i wanted to like see outside of the apartment and see them actually scoping a party you know yeah checking out yeah yeah interacting with uh the plan i think it would have brought more comedy yeah it would have been more to fun it. yeah it would have given those really long because we had these really long exposition scenes but then there was none of the we we lost 
energy because we were always constantly being told about their disappointment and their, like, failures. Mm -hmm. But we were never witnessing those disappointments and failures. So it was almost like we were being told the story rather than experiencing it along with them. Yeah. So right after the, well, during the Bratz and Champagne, this guy comes to buy uh, the piano and then pretty much all the furnishings in their apartment, which she doesn't own, their Mr. Denmark's, get yeah. sold off for money. And that's how they make their, you know, what is it? What do they call it? The root money? What is it? Seed money. Yeah. So that's how they get their seed money, um, by selling all of Mr. Denmark's stuff. Yeah, just... <laughs> It up and, like, it was a really, it was kind of a funny, nice little, ke- like, it reminded me of Bewitched. Oh. In a way, where it was just this, the long shot of the, the yeah. room, and then the the stuff would just disappear in a jump cut. It's definitely stuff you see on 60s television. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. After that, Brookman calls, gets their number, and asks Shotzi for a date. At first, I was confused because I thought he was going to go after Loco because she's the one that he actually met and interacted with. But he's asking Shotzi for a date. Yeah, he really liked her strong-willed, like, I'm going to run thing. I think that's what he was attracted to. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure he deals with, you know, the yes-men of the world and he definitely wants somebody to fight back with him. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't really know her. No, I mean, that was, like, my biggest problem with this movie is that none of these people know each other. Your biggest problem wasn't the cheating? The cheating was... The cheating was just weird. Okay. Because it wasn't even, like, really cheating because they didn't do anything. He, like, freaked the fuck out (laughs) over absolutely nothing Mm. and then still gets this, like, random happenstance picture in the paper and then we never hear from him again but yeah no my biggest problem was is that they were getting married and nobody knew each other nobody knew who they were i mean Shotzi married the guy and didn't even know he had money until the very end well they all want to teach lessons okay so part of the plan well i think it's a part of the plan maybe it's just loco she takes their seed money and goes out shopping but she goes out shopping in the right places to run into these rich men so, quiz, so she meets a guy in the mink department and brings him back uh, to the apartment, who now Shotzi's like, okay, that's my guy, Mr. Mink. Yeah. Who is um, J.D. J.D. somebody. J.D. Holiday or Hall- Han- Henley. J.D. Henley. That was his name. Mm-hmm. And um, so Shotzi gets talking to J.D. about, I don't know, rich people stuff. <laughs> Well, she's doing all this talking, and he's kind of not really feeding into her... Because he's an older guy. Yeah. But he's not feeding into her fantasies about mm-hmm. the rich, like, his wealth and stuff. Like, at, at first I thought, I was like, you know, he's not going to be as well off as she thinks he is. But he is. But he ends up being it, yeah. But, uh... He seemed very sweet and, like, gentle, and it was kind of like, I don't want her to end up with this dude because she is just going to tear him apart until he's out of money. Hmm. Because that's how she was coming off, is that her one want and her one desire is just things. Mm Mm-hmm. And that that also, I think, bothered me. Her character is very problematic. Yeah. So, for some reason, he invites her and the other models out to this event for oil people. Yeah, he's like, you are some very nice, you know, young Yeah, escort us. Yeah, just show us a good time in New York. Yeah, which we didn't even get to see the event. We cut to them leaving the party. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Yeah, especially considering how much they wanted to show off with the cinemascope. Yeah. They've been showing off a huge like, event Yeah, and, party. and that's the part where the other two picked up the guys. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah. You wanted to see the con being played out. Yeah. Okay, so they all go out to dinner after the event, and that's where we meet them next. Yeah. Shotzi is, um, with JD. Marilyn has picked up this guy with an eye patch, call him Patches. <laughs> and, um, uh, Loco is with this guy who is... He wants the best of everything. 
And he's married, and yeah. he's a little sexist. Yeah. Oh, um, the guy that, um, Shotzi's with, he's a widow. He's a widower. And he has children, and, um, you know. They're all moving out, and he's lonely. He's getting lonely. And... Yeah. That's the thing. He's a, he's a lonely old guy. Yeah, and I wanted him to be happy, and I didn't want him to be saddled with her mm-hmm. extravagance. Yeah, so they have a weird dinner. Yeah, he's, like, he becomes infatuated with her. Even though she is, like, talking about things that he doesn't really seem... Yeah, she's in- like, tell me about the the cattle, or, you know, tell me about the oil, you know. Tell me about your rich industry and what you do when he's, like... Well, it's not, you know, all that interesting. Let me tell you about my children or yeah. my life or yeah. let's have a normal first date. <laughs> yeah, and um, there's some more funny moments with Marilyn running into things. She she can't see who she's with. <laughs> no, she has no idea what this man looks like. She didn't even know he had an eye patch. Yeah. And um, Loco I, is a little annoyed with the, her guy, but still will go out with him she's he's invited her to his lodge in maine and without his wife or anybody knowing about it and she's like she goes about how she loves lodges but there's a there's a joke that i guess they're trying to play off is that she's a city girl so she's never really had she's never seen snow no she's never seen snow she's never seen log cabins yeah or mountains or trees Anything, yeah. like, foresty. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for with Loco's character. I don't know what they were going for with half of the characters. Like, Marilyn Monroe's character, I get her purpose because she is, like, the, the She's comedic. very innocent. Yes. She's very innocent, but she's also very on the button with her, the, the moments where she has her comedy pieces. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just her all the time running into things. Like, there were... Many different lines that she she had come off that were, like, at the right time and in the right, f- like, frame of uh, just comedy-wise where it just came off at the mm-hmm. right time. Where the other girls, sometimes it was just like, okay, lay it, just, like, don't lay it on as thick as you are because you're trying too hard mm-hmm. at that point. Then we have the, the dream sequence where we you know, have a close-up of each girl and, you know, dissolve into what they're dreaming about. And Shotzi's dreaming about cows and oil and being draped in diamonds. Marilyn is dreaming about going to Arabia and getting all the gems with her eye patch guy. And uh, Loco's dreaming of a hot, steamy Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Yeah. Which did look actually, actually yeah, relatively good. It did. That was the moment where you kind of realize what their their aspirations were a little bit more than when they were on the patio talking about the the plan. Mm-hmm. Like they were saying what they wanted, but then this dream sequence kind of brought in and fleshed out each of their wants because it's not just about marrying the millionaire; it's about what comes with that. I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shotzi was all about the materialistic and the status and. Paula was more about the adventure of it all. Mm-hmm. And then Loco really didn't care all that much as long as she got her food, is what that I understood. As long as she gets fed at the end of the day, she's good. Hey, I appreciate that. Okay, so then Brookman, still obsessed with these women. <laughs> well, Shotzi. Shotzi, um, goes to see the model. So they have a fashion show. Party. It's, it's a kind of event. I can't remember what kind of, I feel like I've seen this in another movie. And I don't remember if it's. It's, he is trying to, well, his excuse to see the, the show or, well, not necessarily the show, but to have like a private viewing Mm -hmm. of the clothes is that he wants to buy clothes for his, his aunt. His young aunt. His young aunt. So he wants to see the clothes in action. So they would go in and he would have like a private model of each outfit that they offer or mm-hmm. what they're selling in that store. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that was a thing. It's definitely a thing and I feel like I've seen it in like, I don't think it's in Pretty Woman, but maybe. But there are other... 
movies I've seen this in where the guy goes to go look at clothes and the women, this is what the high society, they go and they have the models on stock, you know, coming out and showing off the outfits. So our three gals are there and they recognize him and, um, well, except for Paula because she can't see. Yeah, Paula trips (laughs) as she tries to walk up the steps, which is, that was one of those moments where I really liked yeah. Because it wasn't just, like, her running into things. It was, she had to time it right. Because Marilyn Monroe could obviously see. Mm-hmm. But she timed it, the physical bit, she timed it to where she hit the step first and then trip, like, had, like, a fake trip. But she made it, she saved herself, I yeah. guess. But, I mean, it just, it worked. And then Shotzi comes out, and, of course, she recognized him, and she starts, like, scowling. Like, I thought she was going to be fired with the way she was acting. I was surprised, like, nobody yelled at her or anything. Yeah, because she is poorly representing that... That um, brand. Yep. Mm-hmm. She is a model. She should model through it. Right, Yeah. Tara? Get your smize on. Mm-hmm. Client ain't gonna hire you. But then, I don't know about this... What was his motivation for this? Just to see her or just to show off that he had the power to do this? I think it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely, because then he turned everything away. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he made, he forced her to, I think he, I think he was trying to do it just to, to get under, not necessarily to get under her skin, but to let her know that he was just as strong-willed as she was. He could make her do whatever he wanted, just as much as she could make him do whatever she wanted. Mm. Yeah, so then she tells the guy who works there, like, you're stupid. This guy is a fraud. You've just been conned. And the guy's like, don't tell me how to do my job. I don't tell you how to do yours. Yeah, <laughs> do I tell you how to uh, put on a girdle? Yeah. Oh, and then we have a nice train shot. Oh, yeah. I love that train shot. In the snow. Yeah. I'm like, that's a real train. <laughs> we don't see real trains these days. No, because America hates trains, which is dumb. America will Get spend over it. money on their CGI. <laughs> We need your trains. Mm-hmm. Cause we're on a train to Maine. <laughs> train to Maine. Maine train. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Loco li- arrives at the lodge with what's his face Schwartz. Yeah, it was something like it started with an S. But she like completely flips shit. She like believes that he she's going off to this this uh huge lodge with a membership and lots of men. Yeah, like, she thinks he's, like, an Elk Lodge meeting or, or yeah. something like that. But that is obviously not the case. It was a ski lodge. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted Nookie Nookie. Yeah. He was not gonna get it. Because they get there and she ends up having measles. Weird. This part was weird. Yeah, which never was brought up again. Yeah, because he gets measles. But um, she also meets the very charming driver Slash ski instructor. Yeah. The only other man. The only other person. On the mountain. <laughs> on the mountain. He's a forest ranger. He was everything. He Didn't he have trees to watch instead yeah. of driving them around and teaching him how to ski? He also had Nazi pants. Oh. Then we're back at the apartment that they live in and Mr. Denmark shows up. Remember, he's the guy who actually owns their flat. Yeah, this came in way late. Almost way too late. To, like, really be a callback. Yeah. So, something with him is that he's got some income tax evasion. He's on the lam. He did, yeah, it was not, like, expertly explained or really, like, anything the IRS would really kind of do. Yeah, but he needs to get into the apartment. Of course, the the, the doorman, bellboy... Is his friend. Is like, oh yeah, sure, go in there. The, the women aren't home right now, just go rifle through with their stuff. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but actually when he's in there, Shotzi comes home with JD, and so he's kind of like standing out on the ledge for a while in the rain. But then JD wants to break up with Shotzi. He, he doesn't, I don't know, he's trying to save I, probably himself the heartbreak. I think he's also kind of, he's realizing that she is lying about certain things and he doesn't want her to give up her youth yeah. for him. He He's too old for her. He's like, let it go. Yeah, but she doesn't, 
she doesn't want to believe it, and she said she tries to convince him mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, and then um, Marilyn comes home. At this point, um, Mr. Denmark's able to make his escape because Marilyn can't see anything. She just sees a person, and she goes like, "Oh, you're Shotzi's friend. Bye. Peace out, bro." Um, she gets a call from Stuart. Stuart's Patch's names. <laughs> Stuart. Stewie. Um, and he wants to go get married in Atlantic City. I don't know. So he's like, here, take this flight. But then, hold on, I went too far. Yeah. Stuart wants Stuart and Marilyn to get married. And that's all I know at that point. And then Loco is seen skiing with that guy. And they smooch. And then, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Eden. Eden? Evan? Evan. Eden? Ed- there was a D in his name. In oh. Eden. 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 Eden has a... has a, Very uh, European names for an American movie. Oh. Uh, he has the um, Lion King moment. He says, like, everything the light touches is mine. <laughs> yeah. Where he's explaining that these are the trees that he watch. Yeah, but she thinks that he owns all the timber in Maine. Yeah, so he's in the timber industry. Yeah. All right. So, oh, Okay. It's the second time Mr. Denmark comes back. That's why I'm confused. Oh, yeah. Because Mr. Denmark comes back, all the furniture has returned because JD bought it back, back for them. And then Marilyn gets the call from Eye Patches to take a flight. And that's when we see that he lifts up his eye patch and he's been fake. Yeah, so he's probably conning her. Yeah. Because he thinks that she has money. Who knows? Yeah. That there was, was just, it was three movies in one. <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's even, there was th- just three movies in there. There's a lot of different movies in this. Okay. So, okay, yes. So we go to the airport, and we get some nice footage of planes. Really close. And um, Marilyn gets on the plane, and then Mr. Denmark sit- sits next to Marilyn on the plane. And he's like, oh, don't I know you? And all this stuff. And so they both wear glasses, actually. And Mr. Denmark convinces Marilyn to wear her glasses and tells her how nice she looks with her glasses on. Yeah, and how she was wrong all the time about how men cannot be attracted to women with glasses. Mm-hmm. It was, I like that scene. No, it was cute. And they, they played it off really cute. Mm-hmm. So she... She learns that the plane is actually going to Kansas City. She got on the wrong plane. Because she can't see. Yeah, so that happened. Then we're back with Loco and the Ranger. And at this point, he brings her to his little ranger station. And she she again is like, what is this little shack? And he's like, this is where I work. And we watch the trees. And she's like, you're not rich? And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's been honest with her this whole time, and she's spun it all. Yeah. In her mind. Yeah, she's confused. Which I, I guess is why they call her Loco. Yeah, I guess. She's not crazy, but she's definitely in her own mind. Mm-hmm. So then, um, Loco and Stuart? No. Schwartz? Schwartz. <laughs> Schwartz. Loco and Schwartz. Schwartz is finally, after he had the measles, is all better. So he's like, we're gonna take a, we're gonna rent a car. We're leaving Maine. We're getting out of here. Yeah, for whatever reason, they can't take a train because they'll be spotted. Yeah. Even though they didn't do anything, she has spent this, a lot of time with him in Maine. A week, because first she had measles, then he had measles. Yeah. Um... And he's had his friends send telegrams to his wife, signing his name, saying that he was on business trips. Yeah. But, again, Loco and him never got anywhere close to be getting it on because he was immediately annoyed with her as soon as she said, what is this place? This is horrible. Take me back. Yeah. But she also was, she didn't realize what his motivations for it all was. Yeah, it was really awkward. See, I think this is why I don't have, like, a a huge issue. I mean, he was trying to take advantage of the situation, yes, but there was no, like, malintent. I guess because she wasn't in on the the idea of it, and then he didn't do any. He didn't do anything to try and force her. He didn't... 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he was just kind of spending time with this beautiful woman, but it turned out they were both annoyed with each other. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. So, yeah, he wants to rent a car because he doesn't want anybody on the train to see him with this woman. But then as they're crossing the George Washington Bridge and they go to pay the toll, the, the guy at the toll signals the cops to follow their car. And then they run into this whole, like, press junket on the bridge, which is not safe. <laughs> and they say, congratulations, you're the 50 millionth car to cross the George Washington Bridge. Just mm. Take a picture. Come in close, lady. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to the happy couple. Mm. Ha. So he's going to get his comeuppance at some point, but that's the last time we see him. Yeah. So then um, we're back with Shotzi, and she finally says yes to dinner with Brookman. For some reason, after all the hounding, he, him calling her up, she's like, yeah, sure. Dinner. Whatever. I think she's like heartbroken over her prospects at that point. Yeah, yeah. And she, and she needs food. Yeah. <laughs> She probably needs to eat. Yeah. Definitely because she was like... I'll have seconds. Yeah. As soon as she gets the food. Yeah. So they go on that date to the burger joint and get lots of food. Then they go on another date on the ferry to... um The Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty. And then they have another date where they're smooching in the back of a car. So she keeps saying, no, 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 I never want to see you again at the end of each date. But she does want to see him again. Yeah. There's some connection there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the whole, like, no, no, I hate you. Smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. Yeah, which is where lots of problems came from. Mm-hmm. But then, all of a sudden, out of the blue at the apartment, J- J.D. shows up. Yep, J.D. shows up, and he says, I was wrong, or whatever. Forgive me. He's changed his mind. I changed my mind. Then they kiss in, and then they got a wedding in the apartment. <laughs> Yeah. The next day. <laughs> At the apartment that they don't own. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Denmark. Poor dis- Mr. Denmark. He is not aware of things. So, the wedding ceremony at the apartment. Everybody's gathering up. Loco shows up with uh, Ranger. Ranger Rick. That's what we're going to call him from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Just do that. Um, And they got married. In she's, Maine. Yeah, she's like, I went back to Maine. So pretty much after the bridge incident, she went back to Maine and married the guy. Yeah. Um, Marilyn shows up married to Mr. Denmark. Denmark. <laughs> Who got punched in the face in Kansas City or he something? got his neck wrung or oh, something. Oh, okay. Because he's trying to, like, fix his situation. Yeah, he owes people money. There's some loan sharks after him. And people are trying to beat him up. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird. So they're off showing off the husbands, and then it's it's time for the ceremony. The the the, the ladies are the, the matrons of honor. And yeah. Shotzi walks down the aisle, but as soon as the dearly beloved, she, she fakes an ankle injury. And is like, can you please, I need to go sit down. Yeah. So he takes her back to the bedroom, and she's just like... I didn't want to go through with it because I don't love you. I don't love you enough. Yeah. But, and he takes it very well and is very understanding, and this is what he was trying to... Prevent? Well, he wasn't necessarily trying to prevent. I think he was trying to get her to realize it before it was too late. Yeah, before it had to happen in front of everybody. Yeah. Pretty much the wedding is canceled, but they're still all talking in there. And he's like, so they're actually, they have a decent conversation about love, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. They have a, this is like the most like chill, we just canceled our wedding talk like after. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because it was so quick to plan a wedding. Yeah. So they're talking about like what love is and who she loves. And he's like, you know, you love somebody else. And yeah, like, like who's oh. the young guy you love? She's like, oh, it's this stupid gas jockey Brookman, and he's like, oh, he's here, I'll go get him. Because he, he knows who he is. Yeah, because he's a rich guy, they're all rich guys. They all know each other. So he goes and gets him, and there's this weird moment where we follow JD. JD, they're outside the bedroom, JD says, go and talk to her, to Brookman, and then Brookman goes into the bedroom, but we stay with JD, and we just hear the shouting on the outside of the door until it dissolves away. Yeah, because they're kissy. They're they're yelling at each other at that point. 
No, I thought he just, like, kissed her to shut her up. Well, I don't know. We don't see it. Well, I think because we're still in the code. Mm-hmm. So they have to do certain things in a certain way to convey the same meaning to go around the code. We talked about this in my class, like, that they did certain things because they technically weren't married. They couldn't show them kissing in a bedroom. Hmm. So I always just assumed that, that he, to get her to shut up and stop yelling because he, she obviously loves him. Oh, I didn't he plants get, a kisser, a kiss on her. I didn't get that so, so much because I feel like they were still yelling at each other through the dissolve. I don't know. I, I would watch it again and, and look for that. Yeah, definitely. Because it was one of the things, because we're still, we're at the tail end of the code and this is where everyone, we're not the tail end of the code, but this is where everybody starts rebelling against it mm-hmm. and wanting to, to be a little bit more freeform on what they can and can't do. So, Yeah. That's that's something I remember us going over when we yeah. discussed it in class. So then we um, dissolve into the burger joint again, and all of our characters, not all of our characters, the three gals and their husbands, what's their faces, are married now. Brookman and Shotzi. Brookman and Shotzi, they're married. We got the other gals, and they're all getting burgers, and they're all talking about she still doesn't believe that he's got money. And yeah. he's, she's like, okay, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me how much money you have. And he's like, I've got this and this, and I've got oil, and I've got this and that and this, and investments in this, you in know. real estate, and then I got this building that I own. And yeah, and this whole city. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, 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 that sounds good, good. Cool. And then he pulls out his huge wad of $1,000 bills. Yeah. It was, like, the size of his fist. It was, like, a softball. Yeah. He just carries around with him <laughs> a rolled-up $1,000 bills. And he plants one down on the counter, and we hear all the girls hit the floor, and we come back, and The guys are just it. drinking their beers. The guys are, ha, 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 oh, women. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Well, then we go back to the orchestra, but that's how it ends. Yeah, it, the orchestra continues to, like, crescendo, and then it closes a curtain, and the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was one of the um, first, one of the first films to have its score recorded in stereo. And it's the first film shot on Cinemascope, but not released because they were shooting another one simultaneously. And it was the fourth highest grossing film of 1953 at $8 million. Nice. So it's pretty successful. I can definitely see for the time period, because they got some really cool stuff of New York, and I'm sure that was really cool to see in CinemaScope, because like you were saying, this is stuff that they were trying to get people to go back into the theaters, because television mm-hmm. was hitting off, and you can't do that. You couldn't do that with television yet. Right. So trying to draw people into the theater is always going, it has, or this is the part where it's always going to start being a challenge. Yeah, they had, today we had the gimmicks of like 3D and all that stuff. The, what is that thing we saw with um, the three screens? Oh, the the escape? Yeah. Back then they had color films and cinemascope and surround sound. Yeah, and it was... It's a completely different experience. It's considered more posh and and better than television. Not surround sound. Stereo. Sorry. Surround sound wasn't until the Jurassic Park. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a big leap there you're making there. Hold uh, on. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I have a question for you, Ashley. Yeah. In this day and age, if we were dating, not you and I dating, (laughs) (laughs) if we were seeking dates of other people of our choices, do you think that in this day and age... Could you play hard to get, or is it too much of an instant gratification that people cannot play hard to get anymore? What with all the apps and whatnot? I think it's still possible, but I think you have to have the the same type of mentality as the other person. Like you, you hard to get is one of those things where it can be people can take hard to get as hard to get instead of a clear cut no. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to kind of get over that every woman is going to play hard to get and that's the only way that she can be flirty and all that stuff. But I definitely think that, I mean, I do it with Sam all the time. Like I, you know, play fight with him just to kind of, it's fun. It, it is kind of fun to 
get him to or to make yourself feel wanted mm-hmm. in that way to make him make you feel like you're being fought for i think that that that's a feeling that is ingrained in just human emotion i think we always are trying to fight or uh fight for the things we love but also we like the feeling of being fought for we like feeling so important to somebody else that that we're fought for so i think that's why hard to get has always been like the tried and true thing for women because we always want to feel wanted in a way mm-hmm. we never want to lose that that feeling of love but hard to get i think is different now than when it was or what it what it was then mm-hmm. i think we I don't know, instant gratification and hard to get, it's one of those things that also plays into rape culture, in my mind. Like, there is definitely connections to it. You just have to realize and focus on what the person is saying and what their body language is saying. I think that's the the biggest problem that we have, is we don't pay attention to body language enough. Well, we don't. we can't if you're just texting someone yeah, to exactly. get a date. <laughs> but I think it, it, it comes into the whole... You need to say what you feel, but you also need to show what you feel. And a lot of people don't, they're constantly saying, so it doesn't mean the same thing. Because when it comes off in text, you can, you can take text several different ways. So you can come in and be, you can end up like having an experience like the Loco character, mm-hmm. where she was being told straight up like what was going on, but she was spinning it around in her mind because she wasn't listening truthfully to the person she was like taking her own meaning of everything so with text we can put our own so if we're having a really bad day we can take a text message as something in a negative light rather in the the light that the person is conveying it in which is why people need to like talk more and be around people more I think yeah the whole Einstein quote about how technology is going to cut off what it really means to be human is is truthful especially with how young we're giving kids just a cell phone mm-hmm. like i think as an adult you can choose how to monitor your own time within that realm but as a child if they're constantly wired or constantly connected to something that's going to be what feeds their emotion emotional response and they're not going to be able to limit themselves because children don't know how to yet at, at the certain age. Like, if three or four, I see it with my, my nieces sometimes, or my nieces and nephews sometimes, where they just don't know how to put down, like, the Game Boy and go play unless they're forced. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where as great of a, as a thing as technology and the, the capability of being able to communicate in the way that we can now is also a hindrance on... When when does no mean no and when does no mean, you know, fight for me? Or when does no mean something a little different? Because it's all in intonation and it's all in what you're saying with your body as opposed to what you're saying with your voice mm-hmm. or your words with your words. Nice, nicely said. Our main character, pretty much this movie was about Shotzi. Yes. And at the beginning, she says, like, if you could choose anybody in the world, if you could have anybody in the world, and they're either poor or rich, who would you choose? You would choose the rich person. So we're thinking ahead, oh, she's going to, you know, between love and money, at the end of the day, she's going to get love. But at the end of the day, she got both, love and money. Yeah, because she gave up thinking on her, like, misconceptions or her, her ideals. She, like, stopped thinking about what the ideal, her ideal love, mm-hmm. and what her ideal love, like, she gave up on her list. Like, you see that with, like, teenagers when they have their list of what their ideal boyfriend is going to be, and then no person is ever going to fill that full list in the way that you want it. They're going to fill those ways in different styles. But I'm saying she got everything. Well, she did get, she didn't. I would have preferred her learn the lesson and fall in love with somebody poor. I would have preferred her, like, to actually see her fall in love. Yeah. Like, that was, I didn't see really anyone fall in love. Like, the only thing that I saw that was really cute was the the skiing scene Mm -hmm. with, um, 
Loco and Ranger Rick when they were all cute in the snow. Like, that was cute, and you kind of saw the connection there. Yeah, and I also, I found the same cute moment with the glasses scene on yeah. the airplane. Yeah, we did not have one of those for Shotzi. We had a montage of her saying, no, 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 and him smooching on her. Yeah, but you didn't, that's not necessarily a connection. Like, you just see them going through this, this motion. Yeah, I, in a way, I kind of wish that this film told one story. <laughs> yeah, I understand why it didn't, mm-hmm. because they had these three great women on contract, they had this idea, um, it was a female writer, I believe, or at least the name looked female. I could be completely wrong, because it was, like, German or something. <laughs> so I can see why they the, the studio chose to do that, but... Mm-hmm. Definitely wanted it to be some sort of, like, heist movie, but she falls in love. Kind of like, um, what we just watched, um, Always a Bride. Oh my god. But from, like, the women's perspective or something, you know, something, yeah. I wanted some sort of heist movie. Cause I wanted more energy. Yeah. Like, that was, that was always the pro. that's always been the problem that I've had with this movie, is that it doesn't, for the amount of innovative things that they did for CinemaScope in the, with this, it's like I wanted to see them, one, use it more because they were using it as like a shooting mechanism, but they weren't experimenting with like the depth that it brings or just having that full frame. Like, like they were saying, like it felt like a stage because you had this huge amount of space that you could act within before you would leave the frame when it was a wide shot. So I would have liked to have seen that have been used more, like, show, at least showing the party, like, showing the expanse of everything instead of using these very tiny little vignette scenes, which are, like, the tried-and-true classic film where you ha- you didn't have the, the huge frame space with the widescreen. So I would have liked to have seen it. Because I feel like when you have, like, a wider setting, you can add so much more energy to what is going on than just having them sit around or talk or do stuff like that. Like, you could have... They could have had them, like, at work with, like, a photo shoot in the background, them plotting in the foreground. Yeah. Like, so much. Yeah, they could have done so many different things to add more mm-hmm. drive to those scenes. And also, you could have had them... You could have, like, little different... You could have all three of them on the frame, or on, yeah, on for, on screen, but going through these cons with three different men. Mm-hmm. You could have it where she, you could see her shopping in Bergdorf's at, at the mink section because you can show the whole thing. So it's like, why didn't they... They, they, they lacked the locations. It wasn't even that they lacked the locations, it's like they lacked the, the forethought of even just setting that up on a soundstage. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it was almost like they paid too much attention to the the after conversation than what was actually going on. Yeah. Like the aftermath. Like, let's just deal with the aftermath instead of dealing with the situation itself. No, it totally kills, like you said, the energy. Yeah, it, it, it's like, okay, we're going into this this plan. All right, cool, awesome. I want to, like, experience it with you. And then it's like, oh, it's after now okay we're gonna talk about it some more about how it failed but how did it fail Mm kind of thing because I think human beings just want to see that that experience I'm going to rate this movie two and a half Philly cheesesteaks that's a good one I'm gonna rate it two half-size parasols what the little parasol that she was carrying around but it was like a parasol but it was like it was smaller than a, it's a normal one. It's like one of those things that you see in The Nightmare Before Christmas that the witches are carrying around, but they're tiny. Yeah, it's just a walking parasol. Okay, but yeah, I'm going to give it... Two of those? Two of those. I, I kind of want one. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. cool. So next week, we are going to be watching 1953's Roman Holiday, which I'm super excited about because it's Audrey. Yes. <laughs> I think I look a little like Audrey Hepburn. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, we should get you some oval sunglasses. Ah, Ooh, and the hat. Oh, I have a hat. (laughs) I'm going to make you wear a hat. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. 
And please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes because it's fun and they will give you a new podcast every Wednesday whenever Mm -hmm. we upload. Automatically. Magic. Yeah. It's like the internet does things. Yep. Um, But uh, if you can't find us there for whatever reason, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Cutaways Podcast. See you then. Bye. Bye.